Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of fantasy and romance and all of the magically delicious places they overlap. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Ah. Ah, so good. What would we do? What would we do without our beverage of choice in the mornings? Let's see. Today is Monday. I know that much for sure. And it must be, what was it, the 11th or the 12th? Oh, it's the 12th. Monday, October 12th. October seems like it's going fast. Is that just me? Ah, it feels good. I'm over on the east side of the house this morning where it's very warm in the sun. We're really hitting that time of year where it's um, uncomfortably cool in the shade and almost uncomfortably warm in the sun. It's hard to find a happy medium. But right now, this time of morning, uh, with the sun against the side of the adobe wall here, which really does absorb heat. I mean, the, the wall is actually hot to the touch. Um, it's quite pleasant. We did some landscaping work over the weekend. Decided to uh, take advantage of the last few days of warm weather. We're making some steps down to the lower part of our property. <laughs> this birdie just flew right past my head. I think I'm in their flight path. So I'll post a picture, but it's kind of difficult to explain. Our house is up on a hill, which has been leveled off and landscaped and was that way when we bought it. And then there's these river rocks sort of built along where the land slopes down as a retaining wall and it doesn't work well as a retaining wall because the rocks just slide down and have been for a while and we decided that since we're in an eternal quest to find medium places to sit in that it would be really nice to have a place a little bit lower down to sit in because being up where we are on the hill we have a fantastic view but it's also um, a little bit of a breezeway, which is great in the hot summer months. But we've been planting some shrubberies, a shrubbery uh, down below. And we thought, well, it'd be nice to have a little sitting area down there. And that's where Jackson always goes. That's where the kitties like to go and sit. And so we actually have so something of a path worn because we're forever going down to retrieve Jackson and so forth. But you have to walk on those river walk rocks, river walks, and it's, um, you know, precarious and annoying. And we started thinking about, wouldn't it be cool if we had steps going down there? And we did some research and we decided to use straw bales, compressed straw bales. And we're going to take up those rocks and sort of terrace it along there. But as a first step, we've created steps. And so there will be sort of these um, long garden steps going down to the sitting area. So I'll put a picture on the podcast, and if you can't tell what it is, that's what it is. And, and then the next steps will be to frame in around the straw bales, and then we'll put stone on top. So the straw bales are just acting as the structure. We've got another spot we want to do that in, too, that's kind of on the 
southeast side of the house, which is all rimmed round by junipers and pinon, and it's a very shady spot. We think we're going to do something similar, sort of create, create some terraced steps down and have a seating area there. And then, of course, I need to make this spot here with the little barista table um, into a better sitting area, too. So, so many projects, all the COVID projects, right? Fixing up the house. So that was most of my Saturday. Um, I really tried to space it out. David can't really do a lot of manual labor. It just wears him out too much. Not enough spoons. So, I, you know, he, he helped me figure stuff out and, you know, assisted and so forth. But I did most of the um, digging and using the, hmm, what's it called? David has a word for it. It's a huge iron rod that's a couple feet taller than I am and it has a sharp end on sharp blade on one end and a heavy thing on the other and you lift it up and then let it drop and it helps break up the dirt one of those things so I was using that and the shovel and we got um, our steps in place and I was trying to be careful not to you know like blow out my knee or something like that overdue so took plenty of breaks had a long conversation with Grace where she squeed about Dark Wizard. I also got Dark Wizard squee from Dorinda, so that was great. It's very gratifying that everybody likes this book so much. And I put together, I think I mentioned on Friday that I put together the proposal for uh, Sarah, for Agent Sarah, and the interns had worked on it some. So then... Yesterday was inside stuff. It wasn't quite as nice weather. It was kind of a cold wind blowing. And so I got the house clean and got the laundry done and all of that. And then in the afternoon, I led a, uh, a writing date in the Safwa Nebula airship. I think I mentioned on here that I was going to. And got to see Evergreen there. Always nice to see Evergreen's face who I know is a friend of the podcast, as Leslie puts it. I don't know why I think that's funny. It's a perfectly legitimate thing to say. It just sounds funny to me. I, sometimes I can't explain why I think some things are funny. <laughs> so, um, and that was fun. That was fun to lead the writing date. I wasn't quite sure what I was doing at first, but then I kind of got in the groove, and it was delightful and fun. And though I don't normally work on Sundays, I felt like I should be energetically contributing to the writing words thing. So I worked on the proposal. Sarah had asked me to add in a lot more information. So I did that and I got it reworked. So that was kind of nice to get something reworked on a Sunday afternoon and sent off to Sarah. So that's taken care of. And this morning, I am going to work on revising Long Night of the Crystal and Moon. I think I'd mentioned that I was considering cutting the first two chapters. And Corrine read and loved, but and she said, well, you could cut the first two chapters, even though I really like them. And Corrine almost never wants me to cut anything. So if she says, well, you could cut them, then I figure that's a pretty strong recommendation that I should cut them. 
uh, follow my instinct. A lot of the um, writing advice people, I mean, there's a lot of saws, old saws that go around the writing community, and some are more useful than others. One of them is, if it occurs to you to cut something, then you should. And I don't think that's true. Um, because some of us, it occurs to us to cut a lot of stuff. <laughs> I don't know. It has something to do with the fact that if your instinct is to cut something, then it's a good instinct. And I'm not sure that's always true. But if it's my instinct to cut something and somebody else says, especially someone who doesn't like to have anything cut, says, yeah, you could cut this, then... Yeah, it's like, okay, confirmation. So I actually already did that in the document. I just decapitated the first two chapters. And now it's down to 23,000 words and a few odd, like 23,068. And so now I'm just going to start from what was chapter three and work forward and weave in some of the backstory that was in those first two chapters. And then I shall give it to the betas to look over. But I think that that will, and that'll mostly be looking for stuff that they don't understand, explaining things. And then we will be on our way. Party, party. Um, and then I'll go back. On Friday, I did start um, writing book one of Heirs of Magic, as yet untitled. Heirs of Magic number one. So I just got like a thousand words on it, but I thought, well, I'd poke at it and see if the POV I was guessing I was going to have would be the correct one. And it did work. And I showed that to Corrine too, so she was and very happy to get her hands on that. So that was nice. So yeah, um, as soon as I finish these other revisions and tweaking. I'll be going full speed ahead on Heirs of Magic number one. And Dark Wizard will be going to Editor Jenny at St. Martin's, so cross your fingers for that and light a candle. And what else? That's kind of where I'm at work-wise. I am hoping to get Heirs of Magic out. I'm shooting for December 15th. Um, I'll give it a couple of weeks see how it unspools, see if I am being overly ambitious on that. At some point, I'll be doing copy edits on Promised Queen, but I'm not sure when those will come. They often seem to come over Thanksgiving-ish. I should look. But Jenny did ask me on at the end of the week last week, it might have been Friday, um, if I wanted to update my bio. So they're clearly putting all of the front and back matter together. So then the other thing I wanted to tell you guys was just kind of a funny story. Uh, <laughs> because I have been blogging and talking about some of the less than savory editors offering services out there, people are sending other stories my way. <laughs> and, oh, geez, the self-publishing world... I think you have to keep in mind, if you're going to self-publish, there are some wonderful people offering excellent services out of there, 
And then there are also a lot of fucking predators. And, and they're not even necessarily evil people. They're just greedy, greedy and predatory. And they think that self-publishing authors are a gold mine, which possibly some of them are. And so this was, <laughs> I'm still sort of struggling with, with the, my incredulity on this one. The person who had edited their client's book, and I really shudder to contemplate what they may have charged this person to edit, because they said that they offered to upload that person's book to Amazon for $1,250. $1,250 to upload the book to Amazon. And they said that the author hadn't asked them to do it, but they had offered and they didn't really want to, so they thought they would charge a fair amount to it. And when people questioned <laughs> the price on this, the person said, oh, but it's more than just uploading the book. You have to fill in the metadata and stuff. And it's like... Well, yes, uploading the book basically is a couple of clicks. Filling in the metadata and stuff is the actual work. And even if you don't know what you're doing, it would take you maybe an hour to figure out. It's not rocket science. Um, if you do know what you're doing and you're not rushing, you're going at a semi-leisurely pace, it takes maybe 30 minutes. Um, I could probably do it faster than that, but it... You know, depends on if you're being focused on the task. And, and I also upload to all the retail platforms at once because sometimes it has to sit and spin as it uploads. So then I'll go fill in on another one. But still, over $1,000, $1,250 for maybe an hour's worth of work, which is a pretty awesome hourly rate um, if you can rook someone into giving it to you. Uh, please authors don't pay someone to do that or if you're going to pay them to do it don't pay them that much it's just ridiculous i mean pay me to do it i won't charge you anything like that it's just it's just crazy how people try to set their prices and you know i know that these are like editors who are out of work or likewise and they are sort of looking for ways to pay their expensive New York City rents during the pandemic, you know, and more power to them, except let's not do it through predatory practices, folks. I suppose the, um, apparently the, the client had not answered the person, and I don't know if that's why they were talking about it, and it's like, well, hopefully they won't. <laughs> Hopefully they won't answer. But that's why I say I shudder to contemplate uh, what this person... If they charge $1,250 to upload to Amazon, I can't imagine what they charged for a developmental edit. That's just crazy. <sighs> oh, well. So, this sort of the ongoing... I feel like we could have a whole podcast just on predatory practices in the 
self-publishing industry. <laughs> and it's ironic because, you know, self-publishing is supposed to be the empowering thing to do, right? You know, break the stranglehold of the gatekeepers and, you know, free yourself of trad publishing so that you can control your books. And all of that is awesome and wonderful, except if you are just paying these jackals to nip at your heels, then, I don't know, you're not all that empowered, to my mind. And there's good resources out there. You you can find out what competitive pricing for this sort of thing is. And I know that Leslie and I have sort of been going back and forth on our non-simultaneous conversation, which I'm behind on hearing her end, but... You know, she was talking about that she does uploads to Amazon and then uses Drafted Digital to distribute to, any, to everything else because she would rather give Drafted Digital their cut, um, which is an ongoing cut. I mean, you just have to keep that in mind that it's they take a percentage each month of your sales to distribute to these other platforms. And and that is not predatory. Let me be very clear on that. That's uh, draft to digital is very reputable. Smashwords is very reputable. They just take a percentage in return for doing things like uh, filling in the metadata for you. Although you have to give them the metadata for them to distribute, but at least you only have to do it once. And that's Leslie's reasoning, which is perfectly legit. I'm sure you're glad to hear that, Leslie, that I think what you're doing is legit. <laughs> to... Um, I distracted myself with my own humor. Um, but it is perfectly legit if that's what you want to do. Because she said she would rather do that than have to go through all the retail platforms. And I think I mentioned before, when I set up under Winter Sky on all of the retail platforms, including filling in the metadata, uh, I think it took me like three hours to do all of it. And some people don't want to do that. Um, I would rather spend my time doing that and not have to pay the percentage. I do use Smashwords to distribute to Apple because uh, I don't have a Mac and I don't want to buy a Mac just so I can upload to them directly. They supposedly have a workaround and I tried using it and I couldn't figure it out in in a few minutes and I thought, Ugh, I, I so don't care. I just... I don't love Apple anyway, so, you know, fuck them. I'm just going to let Smashwords do it. And Smashwords also distributes to libraries, which is fine. I'm happy to do that that way. So, um, you know, just to educate yourself. Figure out what the going rates are for stuff. Um, you know, I feel like there's so much information out there. And if somebody quotes you what you think is an outrageous price, then ask. Heck, ask me. Send, me. send me a message and I'll talk about it on the podcast. Um, and let's, let's not tolerate these bad actors in our community, huh? We don't need predators. So, on that note, I'm going to go in and get to work on my story. First Cup of Coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network. And you will find more podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye.